Hello, my name is Opal Singleton. I'm the president of Million Kids, and this is what we call a Million Kids Insider Alert. From time to time, I analyze cases for you and try to share with you so that you can educate yourself on how many of these kinds of cases will often operate. So I look at it from the standpoint of the perpetrator, from law enforcement, and what can I learn about what the victim endured and how they were recruited and victimized. And so this particular case that we're gonna do today is the case of Melinda's Rojas Organization. This is an international sex trafficking ring. It is a cartel ring. It is uh, involving uh, bringing in foreign nationals, okay? There is a difference between human trafficking and smuggling. In this case, they were smuggled in, but they were also trafficked, okay? You can be smuggled across the border and not be a victim of human trafficking. You pay your coyote money, he brings you up here, he lets you go. Nobody got hurt except that you're now here without documentation, but you're not a victim of trafficking. You become a victim of trafficking when you pay a coyote money, or in this case, you depend on a coyote to bring you in, but they don't let you go. They threaten you. They threaten your family back home. Many people in the family back home have put deeds or debt against their property. And so the victims will not tell because they don't want their family back home to be hurt. So, but this particular case is all about men. I believe there were six of them in a cartel who were, who were tricking teenage kids, teenage girls in Mexico into believing they had a boyfriend and they were gonna bring them up, get them into America, probably under the unaccompanied minor program for most of the time that this case went on and that they could live the American dream and, the, and they would live happily ever after. It did not work that way. So much of this material is derived from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, and uh, this is very important. When I do research, I want to know who the sources are. I do not ever, I, as best as I can, do never rely on a case that says, according to sources close to the da 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 da. If you can't put your name on it, I don't want it. It's not research, it's gossip. This is a real case, and this is how it worked. Here are three of the defendants. Now, one of the things that I've brought to my attention is that this case went on for 11 years and they were convicted in uh, 2020, about March, but they have not yet been sentenced, or excuse me, there's a, yes, there's no sentencing that I can find. The suggestion is they'll get life in prison, but we don't know that. And uh, so I, I don't know why they haven't, maybe they're delaying sentencing. Uh, the attorney is in the hopes of getting a more uh, friendly environment. I don't know, but they have not been sentenced, but they have been convicted. So this started, uh, basically it's a multinational organization. There are six defendants. The trial took place in Brooklyn, New York. Now that got my attention because many of these people are from Mexico and they had to be extradited from Mexico to be charged. I give law enforcement tremendous credit for doing that. 
okay? Because of the fact that a lot of times if uh, you have a case like this, let's say in New York, where there's a lot of trafficking, a lot of times they'll go, well, it's happening down in Mexico. We can't do anything about it. We can try to rescue the girl up here, but end of story. No, some law enforcement, meaning Homeland Security in this case, and New York Police Department took this on and did what they needed to do to extradite the criminals from Mexico. When I started researching it, they said it's an international uh, multi-case. I looked up the U.S.-Mexico Bilateral Human Trafficking Effort Initiative, Enforcement Initiative. I find that interesting. Even though I'm supposedly an expert in this business, I did not realize the power and intricacy. This was created under the Trump administration and funded by them, by the way. You get a lot of these agreements, which are nice, but don't get funded. This one was funded and it's very sophisticated. I don't know if it'll prevail in the next administration. This isn't a political discussion, but it was fascinating for me to see the depths that has taken place over the last four years to implement this and make sure that human trafficking that's taking place in Mexico and then brought to the US actually gets prosecuted in the US. Most of the defendants lived in Mexico. They recruited minors in Mexico, you know, pretended to be boyfriends, promised them everything, and then they were removed. Most of these girls were from small little towns in Mexico. They fell in love with this guy. They take him over to Tenacingo, Mexico. You can laugh at me if you speak Spanish. I, I don't, so I'm not only a gringo, I'm a blonde gringo. But uh, anyway, Tenacingo, Mexico. And uh, this case is actually done by U.S. and the Mexico law enforcement agencies working together. So who are the defendants? I always look at that. What can we tell about them other than the fact that they're all male? Most of them are fairly older, 25, uh, 33 to 40. There is one that's only 25. I find that interesting because if you're going to lure somebody in as a boyfriend, uh, you know, are you really going to listen to a guy who's 40 if you're only 14? I don't know. There is a suggestion here that several of them were coerced and forced into this even down in Mexico. One of them, uh, of those defendants, actually recruited their own niece and violated them. So the first thing I saw here is this has been going on 11 years. Why has this taken so long to find, locate, and prosecute? Where is the willingness to take this on? Well, I'm going to tell you from a law enforcement perspective, this is a tough case. If you're out as a beat cop and you can see she is out there doing prostitution and he is obviously pimping her, you only see one girl, one guy. You don't think large scale cartel. OK, so even if one of or two of them were arrested, they may never have connected it back to this. So this is a splendid piece of organized collaboration on the part of law enforcement and the Mexico Bilateral Commission to really make this happen. So for 11 years, these women were moved around. Uh, they're minors and they were put into prostitution. They had originally fallen in love. They thought they were coming to America. This guy was going to take care of them. And then they were isolated from their families and they couldn't go back home. Once they got here in the US, they endured all kinds of brutality. Now, this is just four sentences in the scheme of things, okay? 
doesn't really tell the picture of what it's like to be a victim in a in one of these kind of cartel driven uh, cases. It, it is absolutely brutal. These women endure slapping, raping, sodomy. They, they endure cutting uh, various kinds of torture, beatings, threats, isolation, abortions, uh, miscarriages, and they are moved around from place to place to place. They feel threatened. They're, they know that their families are being threatened. On top of it, all day long, they are forced to have sex with anybody that is presented to them. And if they didn't do it, they are in threat of death. Every time they had sex, this cartel took their money. So they not only didn't get money, they were constantly uh, threatened to make more money. And this money is being laundered. I do courses on money laundering uh, for what it's worth. Uh, you can go to me and kids and, and uh, follow me there if you want to do that. So these victims actually testified in court. Now, these are some real heroes, okay? Because you're looking at organized crime and these people have relatives. Even if you put them away, how do you protect this victim? And But the victims were willing to come forward and they did share about what they endured and it was horrendous. One victim testified that she was forced into prostitution by her uncle who was part of the organization when she was only 14. When she tried to refuse, he beat her. When she thought she was pregnant, he forced her to have a miscarriage. In other words, it was a brutal abortion is what was happening. During the six to seven hour shift, the victims were typically forced to have sex with 15 to 20 men. The defendants confirmed the number of customers by counting the number of unused condoms at the end of the victim's shift. So think about this, okay? First of all, condoms fail. So, you know, if you have one that wasn't used, they're not gonna believe that you didn't have sex with a client and then try to keep the money. This is brutality beyond belief in this kind of trafficking. A lot of words, but I want you to see it. One of the co-conspirators met with her as an underage uh, female from uh, this town in Mexico. They dated. Two weeks later, the girl moved into his home in Tenesingo. Then the girl informed her she was only 14 years old. Uh, he informed the girl that she'd have to travel to the U.S. to find work. He didn't say what kind of work. Uh, Francisco and his aunt traveled to the U.S. with the young girl. Keep in mind, they are engaging another female who is controlling this girl with the young girl and attempted to cross the border. The agents caught them on two separate crossings and returned to Mexico under voluntary removal. In October, they successfully crossed the border in Arizona and traveled to New York by coyotes. Now, I want you to get the idea what has happened here. They've twice tried to cross the border as unaccompanied minors and they were caught, but they didn't quit, okay? This cartel is convinced that they are going to be able to make a lot of money by bringing these girls up. When they got here, they moved into an apartment. She had to work as a prostitute. She said, I don't want to do that. He threatened to turn her into immigration who would deport her. She said, I have no other choice but to work as a prostitute. Here's some of the victim's testimony. 
He threatened me. He knew where my family lived. I really want you to hear this, especially if you're working with victims. If you are working with foreign national victims, the number one thing you'll hear is I have to do this or they're going to hurt my family back home. Not only can they, they will live stream it so that you can watch. Uh, about a year ago, the numbers came out that literally something like 85% of Hispanics living in Southern California have family on both sides of the border. And the cartel is there and the cartel is here. And just as it says in this case, it says he knew where my family lived. You have to understand that they will endure a lot of personal pain rather than to cause harm to their family back home. He could hurt me in any way he wanted to, the woman testified. Any way you look at it, I had to agree. I was afraid for myself and I was afraid for my family. Please hear that when you are working with international clients. She was smuggled in the U.S. in 2010 and forced to work at, for a pro, as a prostitute in 2012. Well, you say that's only two years. Do you realize that that is 600, 700, almost 800 days of doing somewhere between 15 and 20 men a day? Two years is an eternity. You will not live long in this business if you don't get discovered. Here is an excerpt from the New York Daily News. At least six victims from 14 to 20 years old were ferried to clients in apartments in Flushing and Corona in Queens. These are all New York. The five men created a bargain basket escort service where drivers took the women to clients and charged $30 for a 15-minute session. Why did they do 15-minute sessions? Because you can then have four clients an hour if you want to know why that is. And that is where they get to the numbers they are. These women were living a living hell. And I applaud the, the police department that got past the fact that the perpetrators were in a foreign country and they actually went to Homeland Security and did what it took to shut this thing down. These women are human beings, the judge said, mothers, sisters, daughters. These are the women that defendants intimidated and coerced and threatened and hit and raped, and no one should ever be treated like this. Now, federal investigators arrested the men in Mexico in 2018, and there was a sixth man that they arrested. I believe he was already in New York. But what I want you to see is the perpetrators are in a foreign country. The perpetration is taking place on our soil and is involving an unaccompanied minor, which they smuggled in. She's terrified for her family. And now that she's here, she is brutalized on our territory. So the five men face life in prison for roles of ruthless and sex trafficking ring. I'm going to watch this one for you because I haven't seen the conviction. I mean, I've seen the conviction. I haven't seen the, uh, the uh, sentencing. Their belief is they'll get life in prison. But, you know, our immigration policies are changing and, and things are changing and we don't know. This is not a political discussion. This is a reality discussion that there were brave men and women in New York Police Department and Homeland Security that went to a foreign country, made the proof of what was happening on our soil and went out, extradited them and got a conviction. And I applaud them. And it is worth every bit of it. I share that with you because I worry about people who are brought in 
in any way that does not have documentation because they're hard to locate. They have a lot at risk. They don't want to testify. And oftentimes they are ranks. Now, I know a lot of people who have come in without documentation and that are very fine people. So this is not a mass judgment. But what I want you to take away from this is a law enforcement officer in the U.S. with the Homeland Security realized what was happening and did what it took to get these guys off the street. Had they not done that, hundreds more girls would still be going through this. So I applaud them. I hope this is helpful. My name is Opal Singleton. The organization is Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. If you are receiving this uh, broadcast, we are doing the Million Kids Insight Alert to everyone that we have uh, trained so far. But you really need to go and sign up for it because the day will come when we offer this only to people who enroll. There is no charge. Just go to millionkids.org, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org, and look for Insider Alert and give us your name. Thank you. I hope it was helpful. If it was helpful or you want to make a comment, feel free to write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.